This is blasphemy. This is madness. Stop the insanity! You're absolutely out of your mind. I think it's absurd. I think it's an abomination. I think it's a disgrace. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? You're a jacket. Embrace the madness. Why? Why? Why can't we have anything good in this city? Why, when everything seems like we are on the doorstep of a success we have never had, we have never felt what it was like to hoist the Lombardi Trophy? Why, when we were right there? Why, God, why does it have to be stolen from us? What have we done in this city? What has the franchise done as an NFL franchise to consistently be hit with this bad karma and bad juju? In a week that we should be in euphoria, in a week that we should be celebrating an NFC East title and a chance at a number one seed in the NFC and a really good legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl and win it here in Philadelphia the mood has turned as bittersweet as it has ever been and with that I welcome you into this week's edition of the madness as always I'm your minister of madness although I should say minister of sadness this week Rob Lange, and I shouldn't be welcoming you to the madness. I should be welcoming you to hell because we are now in hell in regards to the NFL season. Well, if you've been living under a rock, is the only way you wouldn't know that Carson Wentz's season ended on his record-breaking 33rd touchdown pass of the year. Torn ACL. Actually happened four plays before that to show you how friggin' tough this guy is. And with it, did the Super Bowl hopes end? And that's what we're going to debate here today. That's what we're going to talk about throughout this this show. We're going to bring some great guests on to talk to you about it as well. Uh, shortly, Teron Davenport from USA Today, from the Eagles Wire, is going to join us. Uh, he's going to give us a feel for what the mood in that locker room is right now, what these guys are feeling. You know, they're saying everything right to the media. Everything that's coming out is what you would hope to hear but my curiosity wants me to ask, how genuine is it? Does this team really buy into that? I mean, they seem like they probably do, and we're going we're to talk about it. But listen, <laughs> Nick Foles is not Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was the MVP of the league. If he would have finished the season, he was going to win MVP. It was no longer a doubt in my mind after what I saw him do in L.A. to a Rams defense who hasn't allowed many teams to do that to him. So we'll talk to Teron about the locker room and what's happening going forward and, and what we can expect out of Nick Foles in this offense and, and how the defense steps up. And then later on, just to get a feel for how the rest of the fan base is feeling, we're going to talk to the producer of the morning show over at 97.5, the fanatic. You might know him as the bro, but it's Jamie Lynch is going to join the show 
and he's just going to give us a feel of what, what it's like over there. Got to check in on Anthony Gargano because as upset as we are, Anthony has got to be beside himself, sleepless maybe. Not that he <laughs> sleeps a lot, but probably sleepless. And it's just, oh, it's just demoralizing. I'm watching that game, and they're up 21-7 to in the first half, and I'm thinking I can't wait to get on the air and, and just boast, oh, yeah, we can't beat anybody. The Eagles can't beat anybody. That's good. Can't, can't win on the road. And then it was like, bam, we're losing the game off of a blocked punt. And then you watch Carson magnificently on this 75-yard drive go right down the field. Eight minutes, methodically gets a couple penalties to help them. And when he gets up from a run that doesn't even count and you see him limping, you thought, "Uh uh-oh. But then he stays in. And for four plays, he hands the ball off a couple times. He throws an incompletion. And then he throws a touchdown pass with a remarkable catch by Alshon Jeffrey. And the team's in euphoria. And although I didn't catch it when I watched the game live, when I went back and watched it again last night, after he threw that touchdown pass, the fact that you never saw Carson Wentz run up to Alshon Jeffrey, we should have known then. And when they come back from commercial and that dreaded freaking blue tent was up, it started to become a reality. And it truly became a reality when you were given the Aaron Andrews report that people were walking out, shaking their heads. And here we sit, a fan base who is without a Super Bowl, a fan base who thought this could be the year. Look at how everything is breaking our way. Yeah, we've had some injuries, but Carson's here. 11's got us. He's going to get us there. Nothing's going to change that. And like that, it's done. In an instant, it's gone. And there's so many things I want to talk about with this. I want to talk about how devastating the, this is on many different levels. I want to talk about some thoughts about Doug Peterson that has led me to this, even though I have been ripped for this one. And then I want to talk about some positivity. Where can we look to find positivity with this team? Where can things still go well that we have an opportunity to watch our football team in the Super Bowl in Minnesota? And if you would have asked me on Sunday, there would have been no positivity. If you would have asked me on Monday, it might have felt like I felt like someone close to me died. I did. It was like it was one of those. This doesn't seem real moments. But damn it, it was real when that press conference came out and you heard torn ACL. I'm just at such a loss. And forget about football for a minute, which I know is tough for us to do. Forget about that whole idea. Carson Wentz is as good of a human being as you may ever come across in your life. He's as genuine and as real with everything he says and does. You saw it in that Dutch Destroyer piece earlier in the season when he couldn't even speak 
when being asked about what it was like that a, a young child wanted to be buried in his jersey. The guy is just a great guy. There's no money more religious than him. How the hell does this happen to him? Why? Why? This guy has done everything by the book. He's been the quintessential example of a human being and what they should be. And this is how his year ends. And this, that football team who has just done whatever it takes to win, to play well, to play together, to have fun. They now get hit with maybe an insurmountable issue. This might be the issue, the straw that breaks the camel's back. How do you overcome the loss of your MVP caliber quarterback a month before the playoffs? How do you do it? Can you do it? I mean, listen, and we'll talk about this in the positivity segment. Yes, it's happened before. There's been quarterbacks that haven't been very good, that haven't even been as good as Carson Wentz, who have gone out and done it. But Brad Johnson had an incredible defense. Jeff Hostetler had Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor, and I just heard him say what made his life easier was knowing that his defense had his back, and they could. They were great. I mean, even a few years ago when Rex Grossman got to the Super Bowl, it was because of the defense. Now, the Eagles have a very good defense, but damn it, if they play like they did against the Rams... They're not going to be able to outscore people with Nick Foles. I'm sorry. There are so many people who now have to take this season and put it on their backs. It can't just be one. It's got to be a collective effort. And we'll talk to our guests about who they think the pressure is mostly on for the rest of the year. It's just... It... it is such a disheartening feeling. It is such a... And I use this term lightly because I know it's used for really, really, really devastating stuff, but it's tragic from a, from a sports world mentality. It's tragic. And you know, everyone's saying that we need to, we need to relax and not be so sad right now. Screw you. No, too many damn times have we been here. Bryce Pop on Randall Cunningham. Donovan McNabb tearing an ACL. Donovan McNabb breaking an ankle, right? Missing many, many weeks. Coming back, winning one playoff game just to get our hearts ripped out in Tampa. And you always think that if he had the reps all year, does that happen? I don't want to hear about there's not some sort of curse-like effect on this franchise. There is. How else can you answer this? Do I have to apologize to the half-assed Santa that was out there that day when snowballs were thrown at him? And I'm, I'm making every violation in the world bringing this up. 
because I always talk about the fact that I hate the, the wrong story. But do we have to apologize for that? Do we have to apologize for the, for the batteries? Do we have to go to confession and actually confess it as a sin to root for Philadelphia teams to, to break this karma? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here now saying I don't want a Super Bowl this year. No, damn it, I do. But I got to be realistic. We got to be realistic as fans. The chances just decreased dramatically. (laughs) I just can't believe we're sitting here having this conversation this year. No way. Maybe I thought we'd have the conversation that, wow, they just weren't as good as we thought they were, or, well, you know, hell of a run, more than we ever expected, but it just wasn't enough. Never did I think we were having the conversation, well, if only Carson's season didn't end in L.A. on that fateful Sunday. And why did it have to end? And that's something we'll talk about in our next segment. Some of the reasons why I think it had then, some of the things that need to change. You know, when we talk to Teron Davenport here in a couple minutes, I think it's important to know what the media is seeing when they go into these locker rooms. I think it's important to know what these guys look like to them because when you put words out there and we read them in the newspaper or on the internet or in magazines, they might look good, they might feel good to see, but we're not seeing the person. And it was important to me to get somebody who was around this team every day who knows them just as well as anybody to give us their opinion on what they see. And I think Teron's a guy who does an unbelievable job covering this team. And I think he's going to have some really, really, really good insight as to, you know, can this team continue to win? Who's got the biggest job now? Um, you know, what, what do you expect to see from this offense and Nick Foles? So it's going to be very, very interesting to hear what he has to say. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about something else that has been bothering me and has gotten me a lot of heat from a lot of different people, both friends, on Twitter. And it's something that boggles my mind a little bit. It's something that I just don't understand. Somebody tell me when it got to a point that we weren't allowed to ever question another decision that Doug Peterson made. I am not here to say that he's doing a terrible job because he's done a very good job. I am not here to say he's a terrible coach because, no, he's been pretty good this year. But there are certain things that he's doing and that he has done that I have to question. For example... And let me preface this by saying I am not specifically blaming him 
for the injury to Carson Wentz. But when it's first and goal at the three, why are we not running the football? Why? Why are we in an empty backfield set? Why are we in shotgun? Why aren't we under center pushing either Jay Ajayi or, or, or LeGarrette Blunt right up the middle? And don't give me because you're afraid of Aaron Donald. Maybe this injury could have been avoided on that play. I'm not blaming Doug. I'm not saying it's his fault. But you give the chances of injury a higher number. Just run the football there. Now, with that said, I know it's not his fault. And I know that Carson has to start protecting himself more. But you're going to ask a guy not to be who he is. Carson is a competitor. Carson is a guy that will do whatever it takes to make a play for his team. We've seen it all year. So how do you take him out of those situations? Pass the ball a little less. Run the ball a little more. And run from under center every now and again. That's just, that's a little off the topic, but I just want to see more of that. But it's, it's one of these things that I get concerned about the past happiness of Doug Peterson. He is not Andy Reid. He's proven that to me. He's not Andy Reid. But he's got a little read in him when he gets a little pass happy. And I know that I was told, well, it was a shootout. That's what happens. Okay. But in a shootout, you were up 21 to 7. Why not try and establish run more? Jay Ajayi had 15 carries for 78 yards or something along those lines. Why doesn't he have 20 to 25 carries? Why aren't they allowing him the opportunity to be the featured back? It's just frustrating because you see that play take place, and yes, Carson decided to run, and yes, Carson decided to dive, and yes, Carson decided to go in between two guys. And it's something he's going to have to work on. There's no doubt about it. But if we're running the football, or if the team is running the football, maybe it doesn't happen. And maybe I'm grasping at straws, and I probably am. But I'll tell you this. I will tell you this, that if Doug Peterson gets pass happy with Nick Foles, it is a recipe for disaster for this team. You've got to rely on the running game. And if you're not getting that much, keep frigging going. Wear a team down. Don't make your defense have to stay out there longer than they should or be on the field more than they should. Run the damn football that's it run the football 
Because if you think with Nick Foles you can throw 50-plus times and only run the ball 20-plus times, you're sorely mistaken. And I'm a little nervous because I've heard from Doug, nothing's going to change. I've heard from Nick, nothing's going to change. I've heard Nick say, I'm a gunslinger. With all due respect, Folsey, you're a gunslinger who looks down your receivers and is going to get picked more times than not. This team has won the plus-minus in most games. Now, they've started to turn the ball over a little bit more lately. But Nick can't be throwing two, three interceptions in a game. On top of that, Nick can't drop back because he's not mobile. He's not going to get away from pressure like Carson did. And it really concerns me that he's not going to change enough. And let me tell you, do I think there's a chance the Eagles can still get to the Super Bowl? Yes, I do. But not if you're going to have pass-to-run ratios like that. And these asinine people out there who are saying, oh, nothing's going to change and we're going to have to just live and die by it. You live and die by it. I'm going to be critical and I'm going to critique Doug. Why can't we? Why can't we critique him? He's not Bill Belichick. He's not Bill Cower. We critiqued Andy Reid. Andy Reid's the best coach in our franchise's history. Why are we not allowed to say anything negative about Doug Peterson? I don't get it. Why does it have to be all or nothing? Just because I make a negative statement about him doesn't mean I think he's a terrible football coach. ridiculous it's absolutely and utterly ridiculous so Doug has to change Doug has to change Doug has to adjust now he's adjusted in the past he has this year he's shown me he can do it now I gotta see it Now I got to see him adjust. I got to see him run the rock. I got to see him give the Jay Ajayi 20, 25 times a game. And I just have a fear and a concern that he won't. And that it'll be the demise of what could still be a really special season. Yeah, the chances are much more slim now, but it could still be a special season. But right now, I want to bring on to the air from the Eagles Wire, Eagles Wire at USA Today, one of the best reporters covering our team, and maybe he could make us feel a little bit more comfortable, and that's Teron Davenport. Teron, thanks so much for being on the show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, Teron, let, let's start right away. You're, you're in the locker room, and me and, and all the fans in this area want to know, what, what is the feel of that locker room right now? Well, everybody's confident, man. I talk to a lot of the receivers, and, you know, it's just a next man up type of thing. Um, one of the things that Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey talked about with Foles is his deep passing ability, and that's something that I think is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Alshon said that he puts a little more projection on it, so it would be cool just to see how that whole back shoulder issue works, you know, 
throwing the back shoulder passes to Alshon, letting him get that, that jump ball along the boundary, but also with Torrey Smith. You know, Torrey has the ability. His best attribute is pulling away from defenders. So when you have a quarterback that kind of puts more arc on the football, that gives him an opportunity to just kind of tuck and run after the ball. So I'm looking to see how that works. So, uh, you know, everybody's confident with, with um, Foles at quarterback. But obviously losing a guy like Carson Wentz who could do what Cecil and Cecil summed it up. You know, a lot of the big plays that, you know, they won't be able to regain are plays that Carson made that, not many other quarterbacks could do. You know, they're off-schedule plays where you see him moving around in the pocket. You see him scrambling with his eyes down the field or just finding a way to get the ball to receivers. So that will be something that they lose out on. But you might see a more rhythmic, uh, on-schedule type of passing game where, you know, Foles is throwing the spots for guys like Aguilar. I, I think the the play on that third and eight against the Rams. Right. That's probably the best example of what, you know, you'll see a lot of from Foles and, and this offense. Well, you know, one, one of the things, that, as you said, is Carson had all these plays that, that came off the script. They were things that he made happen with his feet, with his mobility, whatever it may be. Do you think that Nick Foles has to be a game manager, or do you think that he has the ability to be more than that at this point? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I think the, the term game manager could have been applied to, to Carson Wentz also. So I, I, I don't see anything wrong with being a game manager, to be honest with you. A game manager is a guy that's very efficient with the football. He doesn't turn it over. I mean, Russell Wilson is a game manager. Tom Brady's a game manager. You know, uh, these are guys that, that play within the scheme, you know. And uh, I think for sure that that's something that you could – expect from Nick Foles, you know, and it's just going to be, like I said, a, a little bit different just in terms of the, the more on-schedule throws. We're talking with Teron Davenport of the Eagles Wire at USA Today. Teron, you said the locker room is confident, and, and this team has dealt with some adversity this year, especially with injuries. But sometimes what you hear them say to the media is maybe just the spin that they're trying to put on that they're positive. But you really feel that this team believes what they're saying with this next man up mentality, correct? Well, the a lot of the conversations I have with the guys aren't in the media scrim, you, you know. So I'm going by, you know, what these guys have looked me directly in my eyes and, and told me. So, you know what, I'm going to believe that because I feel as a man, you know, if you could look someone in the eye and tell them a lie, you're not a man. So... Uh, I respect these guys, and, and I, I feel that they're telling me the truth, telling other guys the truth when when they ask them these questions, you know, whether it be one-to-one -one or in the group setting. Yeah, and you have a perspective that we don't have, and that, that's what I really wanted to get into the crux of with you. Now, one of the things, and, and I'm nitpicking here, and, and, and I've kind of been ripped in my own little circles about this, but... Doug has done an unbelievable job this year as a head football coach. He's really made me a believer in him. But I feel like there are times where he tends to become a little pass happy. And my fear is if he does that with a Nick Foles, is that going to be detrimental to this team's success? So basically, do you see him running the football more and really starting to rely heavily on the Ajayis of the world? Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think that they've become as, as pass happy 
as some are, are saying this year under uh, Doug Peterson. In fact, they're the number two team in the league in rushing. You know, number two or three, I forget which one, but 143 yards rushing the game. You, you were 42. You give me that, it's hard for me to say that you get pass happy. Um, that being said, I definitely think the, the running back by committee is going to allow them to continue to lean on the running game. I think they're going to lean on it more. And to be honest with you, Coach Peterson said this a few weeks before, even before Carson Wentz got hurt. He talked about having a Jai Clement as well as LeGarrette Blunt there for them to be able to run the football to impose their will late in the season. You know, when it's 19 or 20 degrees outside like it is now and they're playing out there and make a financial field, you know, let it be a night game. You're going to see a good, you know, between the guys, I would say 25 to 30 uh, carries, you know, and they're just going to rely on more of a ball control offense, you know, uh, time of possession and just have that pack-and-play team that, that they've had all year as far as when I say pack-and-play, I'm talking about a team that can run the football well, that has stingy defense. They don't turn the, turn the football over, and they win on the time of possession as well as field position. And those are five things that I think that this team could be really good at. Speaking with Teron Davenport of the Eagles Wire at USA Today, Teron, you talk about the running back by committee. I'm curious, do, do you see a point where, yes, they're going to obviously use all three guys, but can we call Jay Ajayi the featured back yet? And if not, do you see us being able to do that now with Nick Foles, a quarterback? Uh, I, I wouldn't really call anybody the featured back at this point because the, the carries are going to continue to be divided. There isn't a single guy that in my book is going to get 20 plus carries in, in a game. And I think a guy who you could consistently say gets 20-plus carries, that's what a feature back is. So, no, I, I don't think that they have a feature back. And that's not because they don't have a guy good enough to do it. That's because they have a, a group of guys that they want to continue to, to get involved in the mix. And, I mean, it's more or less just a hot hand kind of thing. And if, if a guy has a hot hand, I, you know, he can approach 20 carries, but you're not going to see that consistently. You know, with all this said, right, and, and the confidence is still there, there's still pieces all around this offense to be successful. Carson and Nick are two different guys. And the curiosity, the question, maybe even the concern in some people's mind is what is the realistic expectation for this offense now as opposed to when Carson was running it, you know, for, for up till now? Well, they're obviously not going to be as explosive. You're not going to get those same plays, you know, that, that they got with Carson Wentz. I mean, when you look at, um, again, those off-schedule throws, when you look at, I think, third and long is really a situation that you have to examine. Carson Wentz was one of the best quarterbacks in the league on third downs, right? Third and long, how many times did you see? I mean, as a matter of fact, the first touchdown of the year came third and long. Wentz found time in the pocket. You know, he scrambled to his left. Nelson Aguilar turned his his, his route up the field, and, and Carson unleashed the ball to him, and it's a 51-yard touchdown. So I think you're going to lose explosiveness, but I, I think that uh, that uh, efficiency is, is, is coming. You know, I, I think they're going to be an efficient team. I, I think they're going to uh, – you know, just just rely on, on on more scheming to get guys open, rub routes, you know, combo routes. 
and things like that, you're going to see guys getting more opportunities to catch the ball quickly and make plays with it. Efficient is a word I think that is is going to sound really good to a lot of fans' ears. And, you know, you mentioned that Aguilar play, and I think I've watched that play three times this week with a possible tear in my eye knowing that we won't be seeing that again this season. But, uh, you know, let's move to the defense because obviously they become even more important, even though they've been important all year. Now they're even another level of importance. And with that, they would maybe have to get their play to another level. Do they have that level to get to? Ooh, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't really look at them as a Super Bowl contender any longer. Um, it's just hard to, to maintain the level of excellence that they had. I mean, this team is averaging 30 points a game with Carson at the helm, and uh, I think he had a lot to do with that. So I don't know that they could turn it up to that level to where it's Super Bowl uh, championship, you know, Super Bowl caliber. On the uh, other side of the ball, on the defense, what what do you think they can do? Can they, can they step up? Can they play even better than they've played so far? I mean, I know they gave up a lot of points against L.A., but they came on the field those last two drives and did what they needed to do and, and enforced their will, and they've really enforced their will most of the season, but – do they have another level? Who uh, the defense? Yeah. yeah, I think the defense can get to another level. I think you know this pass rush can continue to improve. You know, you, you see Derek Barnett coming along. Chris Long. I mean, look at the play that he had. You know, Brandon Graham is still rushing the passer. Uh, you, you look at the guys on the interior. The linebackers are playing well. I think the secondary is where you could see the most improvement. I personally would, would like to see them more. And, and press man technique, you know, not playing off so much, get more disruptive on the outside, and that will give the, the guy the front a, a few more seconds to get to the quarterback. And I think just disrupting the timing of the passing game is something that, you know, will just make the whole defense better. You, you look at what teams do against the Eagles, and, and what is it? You see a lot of three-step passing game, you know, um, one, two, three, boom, to the – curl routes, one, two, three, boom, to the slants, boom, to the quick outs, boom, to the hammer routes, these different type of things. And when you play off, you're basically giving an offense five yards per pass attempt, you know, automatically. And one of the things with these cornerbacks, they're they very good at tackling for the most part. I mean, Cooper Cup, obviously, he proved that a, a little bit wrong last week, but for the most part, they're very solid tackling uh, unit and that strength is almost like a weakness for them because that allows them to, you know, their their coaching staff to tell them, okay, we're gonna have you play off, keep everything in front of you, because so you don't want to give up the big play. And you know, when it comes to getting on our side of the field, we're tightened up. Well, what's happening is teams get to the eagle side of the field, and especially into the red zone, and they're giving up. You know, they're 24th in the league on red zone scoring percentage. You can't have that, right? When you're averaging 30 points a game of offense, you could afford to do that. This team is not going to have that type of uh, offensive output every game. So, yeah, for sure, they have to tighten up because Malcolm uh, Jenkins said it himself, you know, the defense has to step it up in order for them to get where they want to get. So I, I definitely think as a defense, you know, as a unit, they are challenging themselves to rise to the occasion and help offset the loss of Carson Wentz. Speaking with Teron Davenport, Teron, you know these guys. You see them every day. 
from the from an outsider's view, this defense looks like they love a challenge. They they love the idea of someone saying, "Hey, it's up it's up to you now." Is is that a correct assessment from an outside? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, you know, when you're talking about professional athletes, I mean, you're talking about some of the ultimate competitors. You know, you're talking about guys who, like you said, they love the challenge, and uh, obviously. It, it would be better for them if they had their guy, you know, Carson, but they have their other guy, Nick Foles. But it, it's a challenge, and, and I think each of those guys are, are up for it. And it, it just is one of those things where, you know, it, it's, it's a process, and they all love this process that they're going through. And that is what would make the ultimate prize, if they could attain it, that, that's what would make it that much sweeter. You know, do you think that we've gotten a true read on who Doug Peterson is as a coach? I mean, obviously, he's still got many years of development and stuff, but now that he's not going to have Carson, who, like you talked about, is making these unscripted plays, are we really going to get a feel for who Doug Peterson is? I think, yeah, you could always get a better feel for who he is. I mean, even watching him on, on Monday, you know, when he spoke and he talked about this being an opportunity for him to, to galvanize the guy, you know, to lead these guys and, and keep them positive. You know, the way that he, uh, not pleaded, but he, he, you know, projected to fans, hey, don't lose, don't lose hope, don't lose faith. I mean, who would have thought that Doug Peterson the last year would be the guy that he is this year, right? He, he's taken right. a, a complete one, a, a total turnaround. You see him speaking in front of the media, at these press conferences, all the more confident. Uh, we, we see him using his words a little more wisely. Uh, I don't think you're really going to see the true Doug Peterson for another – it's going to take a while before you see the truth because he's continuing to evolve as a coach. You know? So um, schematically, I think you'll probably see more from him because you know, he's forced to do more now as far as uh, draw-up ways to get guys open. Zach Ertz, you know, he's someone that they're going to really feature. Trey Burton, they got to feature him now. So uh, I think you'll see more and more from him, and uh, I, I don't think that we've seen really who exactly he is. You know, in professional sports, does, does the whole idea of the chip on a shoulder – matter as much as maybe people in in the fa- in the fan base feel like th- are these guys going to look at this and say hey no one's giving us a chance now now's our time to go out and prove it and we've talked about the defense answering challenges but that whole chip on the shoulder idea is that something that could resonate through that locker room i mean it it, it is but it isn't it, you right. know it's it is in that yeah i mean it's something that you could think about as you're going through the preparation you know it's something you could think about as as you're in the weight room, you know, and doing those type of things. But I, I don't think that it's as much of a factor as as some make it out to be. You know, end of the day, it's just, all right, I have to bring my best every day anyway, so I'm just going to bring my best. I mean, that's the way I read it. I, I think the motivation side of things, it's like, okay, at this point right now, if you need, more motivation, like if you need to find something else to motivate you, you you may not be in the right profession. That's that's all I would say. Teron, one more before you go. You know, the the Eagles organization may not have any Super Bowls, but but this team this year has has quite a few players, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt, I think uh, Graham, have all been on Super Bowl teams. 
Just talk about the quality of leadership that is in that locker room that can help them at this time of the biggest adversity they faced all year. Oh, no question. It's it's major for them because you have guys who have been there and done that, and that's one of the things to look at. Uh, this is a team that, I mean, it, they're more than likely almost positively going to have a first-round bye, right? So you, you have a group of veterans here who understand what playoff football is, you know, and understand how that really elevates. See, it's different when you go from, from college football player to, to NFL rookie, right? You have a full training camp. You have, uh, you, you know, weeks before you're really truly judged to, to go ahead and get the feel for this pool that you're about to jump in, right? So it, it's like they're jumping into a, a, a three-foot a, a pool that's three feet deep, okay? And then going to the playoffs, you know, you're, you're going to the deep end of the pool, and that's when you really have to see if you could swim or not. But when you have someone who's already been in that deep end of the pool, who's already, you know, learned how to operate in that deep end of the pool, it helps all, all the more. So when you have a Chris Long, you have a Malcolm Jenkins, you have those type of guys, you know, a LeGarrette Blunt, you know, even a, a Danelle Ellerby. When you have these type of guys that can help you prepare and, and give you looks, you know, even if they're not like an LB, if they're not a, a key rotational guy, he can still give a team a look. And, and he's still someone that Nigel Bradham and, and Kendricks could bounce things off of. You know, hey, listen, when, when it's, it's in the playoffs, you're going to see things a little bit differently because they turn it up just that extra notch and go just that extra, extra uh, second faster. And those are the things that, that they'll be able to benefit from. And from a preparation standpoint, it's, it's major to have those guys. So I definitely think it's, it's important for them. Teron, I know you say you don't think they're a Super Bowl caliber team, meaning that they can win a Super Bowl championship. But if they were to get home field advantage, you think they have a decent shot to maybe still get there? I mean, anything, you know, you start playing at home in the playoffs, it, it could have an effect, right? I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they made it to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. I mean, there's some teams like the Ram, excuse me, like the Saints, like the Falcons, you know, uh, that have veteran quarterbacks that that put up points, that have been there and done that. That would definitely put a a, a, a stress on, on their their Super Bowl chances. But I mean, I, I look at it this way: no one's counting the Vikings out, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you're not counting the Vikings out, the Case Keenum at quarterback. You can't tell me that that the Eagles should be counted out because I think uh, Foles is every bit as good as as, as uh, Case Keenum, if not better. And I think that defense is is just the same. And but the, the Eagles have a better running game, so uh, yeah, they have a chance for sure. It's just going to really <laughs> end up how how things fall out. I mean, right now with Aaron Rodgers coming back, <laughs> I tell you what, the Packers are a team that no one wants to, nope. to see in the playoffs because. It's just when you have Aaron Rodgers under center, he completely changes the game. Teron Davenport, the Eagles wire at USA Today, at T Davenport underscore NFL. Teron, thanks so much for coming on. You've made me feel better. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the best I felt all week about this team. <laughs> so I appreciate you coming on, and I uh, would love to talk to you again. Yeah, for sure. I definitely appreciate it. You guys take care. All right. Have a great night. That was Teron Davenport. Uh, great stuff from him. A lot of, lot of key words that came out of there that made me feel better. That wasn't me just telling him I felt better. I truly feel better. The offense being efficient. Love the word efficiency. If they are efficient, they can still win games. The leadership on that defense, the level of 
how that they still can get to another level on that defense and that they love a challenge. So all great stuff from Teron Davenport. After this break, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll get ready for Jamie Lynch Jr. coming from 97.5, the fanatic producer of the morning show. See how the fan base is reacting. And then I will get into the positives that I do feel more so than what Teron just gave me. This is the Madness brought to you by TSJSports.com. You can tweet us at TSJ Madness. Be back in a couple minutes to start getting positive here, and we'll be talking to Jamie Lynch. Stay tuned. Choice Hotels, you always have a choice. Visit needabreak.com to book your next day. I was sinking deep underneath Going under So hard to breathe Welcome back to the madness, Rob Lange. On this, I guess you could call it a tragic week, right? And I said it earlier in the program. We use that term lightly, but it is—it is a tragedy. It's a sports tragedy for sure, no doubt about it. But Tehran, who was just on with us, I'm telling you, he made me feel a little bit better. I mean, some of the things he said really stuck with me. I mentioned before the break, efficiency. Okay, he sees the offense being efficient. He sees Nick Foles being able to run Doug Peterson's offense in a way not better. Okay, he's not going to be better than our man Carson. But uh, he's just going to be efficient with it and uh, hopefully limit his mistakes. Um, He said something along the lines of, you know, Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey are excited about the way he throws the deep ball with precision, 
which, you know, a lot of people look at Nick Foles, and I don't think they think of him as a deep ball quarterback. But, uh, you know, I've been looking at a lot of highlights of his, uh, of his career, you know, some of the stuff with the Eagles, the first stint, uh, a couple Rams things, a couple Kansas City things. He, he does throw – it does look like it takes a lot for him to throw the deep ball, but he does seem to have the ability to do it. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's a little warming for the heart, I guess you would say. <laughs> um, doesn't make me sit here and say, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But it does make me feel a little bit warmer inside, a little bit cozier, shall we say, on the inside. But, you know, the other things were, and these were things that I was kind of trying to stick to, and, and we'll get into more detail about this later on in the show. Uh, we're waiting in about 15 minutes or so. Jamie Lynch of the 97.5 The Fanatic Morning Show producer to call in to kind of give us an idea of what the fans are going, uh, are going through and how the calls have been coming in this week for the show. But before we get to that, just kind of wrapping up Tehran, um, he talked about the defense loving the idea of taking on a challenge. That, you know, yeah, they don't need to find extra motivation, but th- this group, I think, is going to relish in this role of, oh, we're done. And you've heard it in interviews this week. You've heard guys, you've heard Brandon Brooks on the offensive line talk about he doesn't care what people say. The defense loves the idea of being the group to win the game, I think. I think you have a group of guys over there who take a lot of pride in what they do. And, yeah, they they had some miscues in L.A., okay? They didn't tackle well. They gave up some pretty big drives. But I was reading a stat today that the block punt, although it goes against them, it's points scored against them, it's not scored against the defense. The first touchdown was on a very short field because of the interception. Outside of that, they gave up less than 300 total yards to a team averaging well over 300, 350. And they gave up 21 points to a team that averages 31 points a game. So as bad as it was, I don't think it was as terrible as we all looked at it on paper, right? And, you know... I was once told as a young kid that you're not your team or you are not ever as good as you think when you win and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. And and that comes to mind right now because after the Seattle game, people were talking like the Eagles weren't any good anymore. And, and you could tell that with Carson, obviously, that offense was still very good, that they could still put points on the board, that they could beat good teams. But even though the defense didn't have a great showing this past week and – I thought they did okay against Seattle. I mean, Russell Wilson was out of his mind in that game, making a lot of a lot of plays that there really is no defense for. But I think this defense, look, they're not the 85 Bears. They're not the Ravens that won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. They're not the Bucks defense of 2002. You know, they're not these all-time, all-time defenses, but they are a defense that I think can keep scores low enough where an offense run by Nick Foles could score enough points to win a good amount of games. And after we talk to Jamie and I get into my little positivity segment, I'm going to delve into that idea, and I'm going to delve into the idea that this offense 
is not going to go from being a 30-plus point offense to a 13-plus point offense a game. It's just not going to go down that way. I have to believe that. I have to think that it's not not that much of a difference. And I know it sounds crazy because there is a huge difference between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles man-to-man. But football's a team game. That's why you've had quarterbacks who weren't great win Super Bowls. That's why you had a very intelligent Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl a couple years ago when physically he just didn't have it anymore. But he won the game, A, because he was intelligent, but his defense helped him to win that game, obviously. I mean, they were all over Cam Newton in that Super Bowl. You know, I don't look at the New England defense last year as a great defense. But in the second half of the game, when your team was down 28-3, to they changed the game. They got to Matt Ryan. They had the swagger going, and it allowed the offense to get their swagger back. And I got to think that this Eagles defense has enough leadership and enough really, really good players that they can keep this thing rolling on. And I sit here right now, and I'm I'm kind of already into the positivity thing, so, I mean, we could keep it going. But as this week has gone on, each day I've, I've felt a little bit more positive about this team. I am not naive. I am not this person who just thinks, oh, no, they can still win the Super Bowl. Personally, I don't. Personally, sitting here today, I do not believe the Eagles can win the Super Bowl. However, however, I do think this team has what it takes to win two of the next three games at home. I'm, I'm, excuse me, two of the next three games to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if that happens, I like their chances against any of the NFC teams coming here. You know, I like their chances against the L.A. Rams in Philadelphia. I like their chances bringing Minnesota outside. I like the idea of Seattle having to travel across the country. New Orleans is scary for many reasons, but But when they come out of the Dome, they're not the same team. I mean, they're just not. They haven't been. I know that they've won some games outside this year, but, you know, they went into L.A. and and Kamara was all over the place, and they still lost that game. They they present matchup problems. Definitely Alvin Kamara is a matchup problem all on his own. So, you know, but but and, – and I mentioned those for – and then I guess you got to throw Atlanta in there as well – Atlanta's been so hit or miss this year that, you know, I I just don't buy it. I I also, I'm a believer in the Super Bowl hangover. Even if they were to get in, um, I just don't see them having enough to get back or to to win a road playoff game. I just don't see it there. 
The NFC is wide open. There's no doubt about it. But here's the thing, right? Everyone keeps talking about Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. I don't know. Maybe things have changed in the last couple of weeks. But the last time I looked, Case Keenum was still the quarterback in Minnesota. And he's played very well this year. Played very well. He hasn't made too many mistakes. He's done what he's supposed to with the ball. They've run a good offense around him. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds very familiar to me. Because that's what the Eagles need to do with Nick Foles. Is Case Keenum a better quarterback than Nick Foles? Maybe. I'd say yeah. I'll give you okay. Yes, he is. But is he this exponentially better quarterback? Hell no. Hell no. Nick Foles is not Mike McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. There's something to be positive about. Nick Foles is not Mike McMahon. Nick Foles is not Kevin Cobb. Nick Foles is a guy who has seen success in this league. Nick Foles is a guy who is smart. Nick Foles is a guy who can manage a game. And I know, I understand what Teron was saying uh, uh, earlier when he said, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think Carson Wentz would be a game manager. Yes, but Carson can do a little bit more that I don't want them to ask Nick to do. You know, and, and that's why, that's why I say, I understand that Nick can run run pass options. I get it. He could run the RPOs, but you shouldn't run as many with him. You shouldn't run anything where he can read it and take off because, let's face it, that's not his strong point. I want to see him under center a little bit more. I want to see you stick to the running game. I'm not naive. I understand that they're going to put eight in the box to try and force Nick Foles to win the games, and I feel like Nick Foles can make the throws he needs to make to win these games. But to me, the way the Eagles keep the ship rolling, the way that they're able to beat the Saints and the Rams and the Seahawks, two things have to happen. Two things have to happen. First of all, for them to have this chance to still get to the Super Bowl, you have to have home field advantage. You got to win two of the next three. You have to find a way, which means you cannot allow there to be a slip-up this week. The Giants are fighting with each other. Landon Collins is calling out Eli Apple because Eli Apple called out Landon Collins. You know, their coach is fired. And the game that you would have seen if the Giants were going to rally behind the fired coach would have been last week. When they're at home, they got Dallas, who, you know, bitter rivals. And for a half, they played them tough. It was 10 to 10. For three quarters, they played them tough. It was 10 to 10. And then Dallas ends up winning 30 to 10. You cannot allow there to be an excuse on why you don't go into New York this week and come out of there with a a W, a resounding W. This should be a double-digit game. I know it's a division game. I know the Eagles only won in the 61-yard field goal. 
But this is a game where you have to be the aggressor. You have to be the hunter. This is a game where from the jump, you have to let them know they will not derail you. And you are not going to derail yourself. So there is hope, ladies and gentlemen. There is plenty of hope. The question now becomes how much? I don't think there's enough hope to say that they can win the Super Bowl. I just don't think they can. If they have to go up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl or the Steelers with the way their offense is starting to click in the Super Bowl, I just don't know how they could ever compete with Nick Foles. And, (laughs) you know, someone said earlier this week, and I agree with them, the, the storybook ending to this season, which now can't happen, was Eagles-Patriots, Super Bowl in Minnesota, great game, and Carson pulls it out in the end, and it is almost like the proverbial passing of the torch from Tom to Carson as Tom nears the end of his career. I know he still looks great and will probably play a few more years, but just that moment was going to be tremendous And we could feel it, we could taste it, we could see it. And it's gone. (laughs) And I know I'm trying to be positive, but I can't help but go back to this. It's so deflating. It's so deflating that we're not going to get to see that. But I'm trying. And I know some fans are trying. The fans that I'm hearing call in the radio stations this week, they're trying. Some of them are trying too hard, like the ones that are saying that, oh, well, if Nick Foles went down. Nate Sudfeld could do a great... Shut up. You go to the third-string quarterback, sell your playoff tickets. Don't even go to the game. <laughs> don't, don't even attempt to go to that game. That would be... You talk about a fall from grace. Holy God. This team would have taken a plummet unlike anything I've ever seen if that goes down. And now you got to pay attention to this Jason Kelsey thing. Jason Kelsey apparently re-injured his ankle today. Now, after the injury, he put on a major kicking display, knocking over a recycle bin, and if he hurt his ankle and was able to do that, that's damn impressive. So I'm I'm hoping it's nothing too serious Um, (laughs) because, my God, if all of a sudden now it's Sam Sam Alu's got to be in there at the center position with Nick Foles, it's like, oh, man, It, it could be ugly. It could be really, really ugly. As always, the man, this is brought to you by TSJSports.com. You can tweet us. Get a conversation at TSJ Madness on the Twitter page a lot. Love having conversations with all the listeners out there. Uh, As a reminder, we are in the midst of a movement. We are trying to get up to 1,000 followers by the end of January. Okay? We're not close yet. (laughs) We're, (coughs) excuse me, we're not there yet. We got a ways to go. But I need you guys to get the word out. You follow. Get your friends to follow at TSJ Madness. This can happen. I'm a firm believer. If the damn Eagles could go to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, 
I could get a thousand followers by the end of January. By the time for, by the time the Super Bowl is playing and the Eagles will be in Minnesota, we need to make this happen at TSJ Madness. You follow your mom follows your dad follows your friends follow. Get it to happen. We are awaiting Jamie Lynch Jr. coming from ninety seven five the fanatic. Going to call in here in a couple minutes. Give us a little heartbeat of the fans. Okay, where are they right now? Where are they? Where are we all? I mean, I know where I'm at. I know where some of my friends are at, but I'm curious the types of calls that they're getting this week into the show. So we'll find that out from him. We'll check on his on his partner in crime, Anthony Gargano, who, as I said, is probably just more devastated than anybody right now. I mean, he was the Carson supporter. I mean, we all support Carson. We all love Carson. But Anthony's been all over him for a while in a good way and and he was dead on about him and and you know he is just absolutely devastated but right now i want to bring on the air uh one of the best producers in the business if you ask me and he and and they do a hell of a job there in the morning over at 97.5 the fanatic and that is jamie lynch jr jamie thank you so much man for being on the show hey thanks for having me funny story i was actually just running over to mute my tv and i slid to grab my remote control forgot I was on socks and a hardwood floor, slipped a little bit, hit my elbow, and broke a piece of my uh, chair rail in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> that is dedication to being on this show right now, man. I, I appreciate that, okay. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> That's how my afternoon's going. Yeah, well, your afternoon sounds a lot like the uh, the life of who we are right now, and that's Philadelphia fans with with everything we're dealing yeah, with, man. Yeah, it's kind of kind of fitting for the week, I suppose. Yes, uh, ho- hopefully you, you you get you sustain no big time injuries that. Uh, no, I'll, to- <laughs> I'll be just fine. <laughs> well, well, listen, Jamie, you you get the rare treat, I'm sure, of of dealing with the callers prior to them going on the air sometimes, and I'm just curious, yeah. what what has it been like this week for you? Uh, it's been, uh, not to be over dramatic, but it's almost like, you know, the five stages of grief, uh-huh. you know, first it's like denial. Monday was like, you know, maybe he didn't tear Maybe it's an MCL. Maybe he just sprained something, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. I mean, we all knew deep down, you could see his knee wobble. We knew he was done, yeah. but you know, kind of denial Tuesday was kind of like, uh, I think that's called the bargaining period where people are like, Oh, you know, you know, and then it becomes anger. Uh, so it's evolved throughout the week. Um, it was pretty angry there Tuesday and Wednesday. People were, you know, we're cursed, we're this and that, we can't have nice things. Um, so it's been a wide range of emotions. I'm sure it has, and I'm sure the uh, the most emotional person that you've been around this week has got to be <laughs> has has got to be Anthony. I mean, I, you can, you you hear the pain in his voice when when, when you listen to him. How's he holding and up? It's 100 percent he... real. Oh, it is. Uh, like. Yeah, he walked in, I guess he was off yesterday with the false flu, we were calling it. Yeah. Um, but he walked in Tuesday morning like looking like his dog just died. And I go, I go, what, something wrong? Or is this still just Carson's oppression, like kind of joking around? Right. He was like, yeah, man, like Carson. And I was just like, dude, he's not your son. Like, you know. Well, he's got he's got many cars, many Carsons you know, in the basement, right? what we do here in Philadelphia. We need yeah. an appointment. Uh, and I've been trying to sell him on the Coles, the Foles Kool-Aid to uh, – no avail. Yeah, that's that's what I heard on the way in the work was was you and Aton and and Bob trying to work him, and he's just he's just not having it right now. Which it's yeah, uh, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but you know, it, it is what it is. I think he can easily go two and one in these last three, and um, we just got to hope the defense. You know, everybody just takes it to another level, and that's all we got. So you know, time to uh, time to turn the page. 
talking with Jamie Lynch, the 97.5, the fanatic producer of uh, one of the best morning shows around right now. Uh, Jamie, you know, one of the things that I've, I've kind of put out there, and I'm curious if you guys are getting any calls on it or if there's been any discussion about it. Doug has done a great job this year, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to say that he hasn't. But this doesn't he get past there, – there's that Andy Reid little bit of pass-happy things in situations where, for example, you're on the three-yard line first and goal – and you're passing the ball, and I'm getting ripped for criticizing him. Can't we criticize Doug? Are we not allowed to do that anymore? Uh, it's it, well, I think it's a little different in the social media age, um, you know, because people get in their like own echo chambers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With like pro or anti Doug, and they're going to come at you from either direction, no matter what your stance is. Like you could put it like a pretty mild. Like I remember in the Redskins game, I was down there opening week, and I was just like. You know, nobody's really affecting this game more than Doug right now, so I didn't agree with what he was doing. And, you know, the, the Doug defenders are – and it, it was pretty, you know, like an innocuous comment. Like, it, it didn't mean much harm by it. And, you know, and people are just coming at me from both sides. being like, yeah, he's an idiot. You're an idiot. You know, it's just like – it's such extremism on any point you take anymore. Uh, I think it's a little different than it was 10 years ago. So, you know, it's like – he has done a good job, but is he perfect? No. And when you voice those little minor opinions, you know, the, the people that are in, it, it's extremism, you know, pro duck yeah. people are going to be against you or the anti duck people are going to be against you. And it's just it's kind of the way it is. There's no like real middle ground anymore. Yeah. You bring up a great point about the social media and, and social media has done a great job of trying to turn this false train on and trying to get people on the bandwagon with, Star Wars theme videos, or, 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 yeah, that, was awesome, or that, that was a great one. And then I saw one today with Eminem, Cinderella Man playing in the background, and all this oh, stuff. That's great. So there, my wife looked at me the other night when I was watching the Star Wars <laughs> one. She goes, "What the hell are you watching?" I was like, uh, "It's a Nick Foles Star Wars mashup." <laughs> like what? And I was like, "Yeah, just let me watch it." Yeah, just just let <laughs> let me be. It's and you know it's funny though. You you bring up your wife, and and the last two days I've gotten texts from my wife. While I'm at work, and the text that both said, "What the hell have you done to me?" And she's listening to you guys on Sports Talk Radio, and she never listens. <laughs> like she never does. Yeah, we've, but... we've noticed a spike. I'm sure both stations have. You know, it's just right. And that's what I was so going like to ask this, you. It's like you know, yeah. everybody's in. It's she can't get enough of it. It's it's great. It's you know, it's it's really a cool honor to do what we do uh, in times like this. Well, in times like this, we, we know Foles is the quarterback. And, and I, I want to yeah. get your opinion as someone who, who is talking about this day in and day out. What honest shot do you believe this team has? Where, where can they max out with Nick Foles at the quarterback position? Uh, I honestly think they can get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think they can necessarily win it unless somebody decides to become you know as good as Von Miller or Lawrence Taylor in the Super Bowl. Um, but I think if it wasn't for home field advantage, I, I wouldn't think they could get to the Super Bowl. But I think home field advantage with this running game, as long as the offensive line stays intact as they are now, and this defense. Because uh, the one good thing about Foles is he's a, he has a very low turnover percentage rate. Um, you could probably say it should be higher with some of the balls he throws, but for what it is right now, he doesn't turn it over at a, you know, a high rate. So you just kind of hope he can you know game manage to a certain degree and then you know, the defense really steps it up and wins you a couple games. Maybe special teams make a play. You know, I think there's something to everyone stepping up when your MVP goes down. So we'll see. Talk with Jamie Lynch. J- Jamie, you know, with with this happening, with Carson going down, 
so many people have to step up. I mean, you talk about the defense and Jim Schwartz, obviously Doug Peterson, the running backs. Who do you think out of all these people that have to step up has the toughest job going forward? Um, I think, I think honestly, Nigel Bradham has one of the toughest okay. jobs on the team. Um, just because he does so much, uh, there's not that much depth at the position. Um, and as Jim Schwartz always says, you know, like this defense is built on tackling. If they're not tackling, um, you know, they, they give up some big plays. Uh, and I think his emergence has been, you know, one of the sneaky keys to this team. Um, I think he's playing at it like an all-pro level, um, and I almost think he's underappreciated somehow. Um, so I think he's really important. And then I think you need a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, who's clearly the leader of the team, to, uh, to just, you know, keep on what he's doing. And I wouldn't mind Rodney McLeod stepping up his play a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Jenkins and Bradham are – because the defensive line is going to be there. They're going to do what they do. Um, but I think I think Jenkins and Bradham can can really sway this. Yeah, and I, and I think the defense obviously is going to be they're, they're going to have to keep this team in games because the Eagles just aren't going to score thirty plus points. Yeah, most likely with Nick Foles. Twenty one or under, you know, it's got to be the goal. It, exactly, and and one of the things I want to see the offense doing, and, and I've been I've been harping on it all week, and people are telling me, "Nah, Doug's not going to change." Is I, I want to see a more sustained – I know the rushing attack has been good this year, but sometimes I feel like the stats kind of get unbalanced because they've been up big in games, so they run the ball yeah, late and that sort yeah, of thing. Tough. But are, 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 do you agree – like, do they need to make it their, their, a full effort to run the football more and really try and, and shorten the game in a sense and, and keep the other offenses off the field? Yes, but to keeping a successful running game going, you have to uh, at least – be able to do some stuff across the middle in the passing game and some outs. I don't, you know, I don't think Nick Foles is going to be throwing 45-yard bombs, but I think Ertz and Burton are huge to this. I think if he can establish, you know, early in a game, some dangerous, you know, just hitches and outs to those guys, crossing patterns. I think that'll really open the running game up and prevent teams from stacking the box against them. And then from there, I mean, we have three good backs. Clement's been, you know, an awesome surprise. And Blunt Najai is a great one, too. So um, I, I do think the running game is the key, but I think you have to also uh, prevent teams from stacking it against you. So, you, you know, I think Ertz and Burton could be huge down the stretch. Yeah, we had Teron Davenport on earlier, and, and he talked about how Foles can be efficient. And, and uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith were both talking about his precision on passes uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're excited to be a part of. So, so you're absolutely right from that standpoint. You talk about the three running backs. I, is it wrong of me to say that Ajayi should be taking more carries away from Blunt and Blunt should become more of that big talent, big down, third down and inches back, goal line type of back? Yeah, uh, you know, one one of the reasons they were so successful this year was, you know, fourth and short, third and short, you were getting it with a wet sneak. Uh, I'd like to see Ajayi become that 15, 16 touch a game guy, give Blunt the, the short yardage and, you know, maybe red zone goal line opportunities. And then Clement kind of as your change of pace guy, um, you know, receiving threat. Um, but, yeah, I would like to see Ajayi dominate the carries more. You know, we've talked about the running game. we talked about the defense. What do you want to see from Nick Foles over the last three games of this regular season to really make you feel comfortable going into the playoffs? I want to see a little bit of 
you know, nobody's going to convert on third down like Carson did. Um, but like that, you know, you saw how important that third and eight was to the game on Sunday. You know, like I didn't want the Rams getting the ball back there. Um, so I think if he can convert a couple third downs, um, that would be tremendous. I'd like to see him in the in the three games how he's in the red zone. Uh, and you know, I think the most important thing he can do is just kind of not turn the ball over uh, and make sure we're never out of games. Like, I don't think this team's ever gonna, not going to be in a game, if the playoffs or not. So, you know, it, it sounds easy to do, but I think that's the key for him. Talking with Jamie Lynch. Jamie, you know, in this week's game, it'll be the first time he's had all the first-team reps this week and, and go into the game as the starting quarterback, obviously. Is there something that you want that you want to learn about him from this New York Giants game specifically? I mean, you're talking a divisional rival on the road even when they're a beaten team these games seem to always be weird especially early what can we learn from this game especially with the Giants being really as beaten up as they are right now uh I don't think you're gonna learn a ton because honestly I think they should still win I think they're what seven and a half point yeah. favorites yeah so I mean on the road <laughs> yeah. or is it at home yeah yeah on the road, road right? on the road yep yeah yeah um I mean that tells you a lot right there so the expectation is still to win. I think you just kind of want to see him be efficient, uh, and I think you want to see the defense tackle well. And you know that's something they didn't do well in the Rams game, uh, which is why I thought the you know the defense played poorly narrative was a little overblown on Sunday. Yes. Um, but just want to see solid tackling and efficiency out of the offense, and you know I want to see the offensive line uh, open up some some holes, which they've been doing. So um, you know just want to you just want to see a well-oiled machine out there. And, Jamie, before I let you go, listen, you know, with your job, you know, obviously you guys are all fans, and that's what makes it such a real show and everything. But when something like this happens, when a, when a devastating injury like this happens, it, it kind of bolsters the, the sports talk radio room, especially in this city, because now everybody feels like you guys are their psychiatrists, right? So they're, so they're going to call <laughs> yeah. you so you could talk them off the ledge, talk them off the Walt Whitman Bridge, all that kind of stuff. Is it hard for you to differentiate between being a fan, like at, like being somewhat happy because, hey, you know, this is going to be really good for the show, but damn, man, it was really good when Carson was our quarterback too. Uh, you know, honestly, like I don't know how, you know, some of the bigger, like the hosts and whatnot view it, but I view it as an Eagles fan first. Like to me, success is going to be just as easy for us work-wise with the amount of listeners as a, lose, a loss is. So I view it as a fan, like, you know, I just view, like, from the perspective of, like, kind of booking guests and, um, you know, doing the best product we can. Um, and I never view it in that way, like, oh, that loss is going to be great for us. Mm-hmm. Like, we feel the pain just like you guys feel the pain. Um, you know, we're pretty fortunate to do what we do, and I don't think we underappreciate um, the opportunity we have. So, I mean, we're fans first. And, um, I try not, never to view it as a good thing for work. Right, and I and I've had the opportunity to meet a bunch of you guys, and and you you said it, you guys are are as real as they come. Your fans, your your show is tremendous. I I love listening to my school teacher, so I really can only listen to it on my yeah, way into work. My wife is as well. Yeah, so well, so that's so basically, I listen to it, and uh, if anything big's happening, normally it's quiet work for them and uh, the fanatic yeah. for me. So, <laughs> Jamie Lynch Jr., thank you so much, man, for for joining us. Keep up the great work on the show, and. Try and keep Anthony calm, man. I ho- hopefully yeah. it's better times ahead for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See ya. See ya. That's Jamie Lynch Jr. You can follow him at 
J.E. Lynch Jr. on Twitter. Uh, really cool having him on and, and getting a feel. And, it, and it's what you expected. You know, they they are hearing the the anger, right? Because it, the first day it was depression, but then you really started to get angry about it. Uh, I know I was in school to one day, and it was probably Monday. It was probably late Monday afternoon. And, you know, I, this the one thing that drives me nuts about kids in this area, you know, high school kids is, they, they never created themselves who they would be fans of. They just went off, oh, their dad was a Cowboys fan or a Giants fan because they hated the Eagles, whatever it might be. And I had a kid come in the, into the classroom late in the day, and I had already been – I was depressed as depressed could be. Monday, I literally felt like someone had died. I truly did. And the kid comes into the classroom, and he's like, hey, Mr. Lange, how about that Carson Wentz, huh? And I ignored it, like the adult that I am. I ignored it. And then they said, Mr. Lange, Carson Wentz, man, how, what do you think? I ignored it again. <laughs> I was, at this point, ready to pick up the biggest and heaviest object I could and rifled at him, but I ignored it again. And then he goes again, yeah, oh, man, the Eagles real good, huh? And then Carson Wentz went down. And I turned around very slowly, and I looked at him. And I said, you all know me well enough to know that the last thing you want to do is go there with me right now because I will make your life for the next 40 minutes miserable. (laughs) And I didn't blink when I did it. I didn't care. I turned back around on my desk like I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) Next day, that kid came in and said, I guess I'm not going to make any Carson Wentz jokes today. So I got my point across. That's That was the key. Damn it. Don't come at me less than 24 hours later. I called an 18-year-old kid a scumbag that day because they laughed in my face. I didn't care. I was so distraught. And then it became the anger that Jamie just talked about most of the people calling in, especially Tuesday and Wednesday. It is so frustrating when... You're that close. And don't fool yourselves, kids. The Eagles were that close. They were that close. This was going to be it. This was the team to end this drought. And it's not to say that they can't end it in another year, but damn it, everything played into their into what they needed to have happen. And now we sit here. And it's on Nick Foles. And I, I don't mean to say it in a in a negative way, but damn it, it, it's on Nick Foles. And it's on Doug Peterson. You know, I think Doug Peterson has the toughest job going forward. Nick's got to go in and play. He's got to go play quarterback. He's got to do what he's always done. But if this doesn't go well, or if the correct adjustments are not made, Doug's going to be the one that hears about it. And I don't think it's unjust. I think it's okay to criticize Doug Peterson. Just like I thought it was okay to criticize Carson Wentz. When we look at this injury, I look at it twofold. Carson has to protect himself more. I am not of the mindset that he has to stop running. I think that's ridiculous. You're telling a guy not to do what he does. But he's got to protect himself. Russell Wilson protects himself, but he still runs all the time. 
He's got to learn to protect himself and get down and get out of bounds. But Doug cannot consistently call play. Like, listen, in the open field like that, maybe he doesn't get crunched the way he does or have to brace himself for a hit so he steps a different way. It's first and goal at the three. Two plays before that, I believe it was, Corey Clement went right up the middle for eight yards. You tell me why you're not running the ball first down there. You tell me why you're not running the ball second down there. It's the wrong call. It is the wrong call. No, it didn't cause the injury, but maybe it prevents it. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it happens the next play. Regardless, I think Carson has to learn to protect himself, but Doug can help in protecting Carson. That's all I'm saying. And all I'm saying going forward is I have concerns that they're not going to make the necessary adjustments. Yes, Nick Foles is going to have to throw passes. But in my opinion, he should not throw 30 or more passes. It should be under 30. It should be in the 20s. He should be throwing 28, 29 passes a game. If they're running 60 plays, 70 plays, that means he should be running the ball 35 to 40 times. You got three backs. You give Ajayi 17. You give Clement 10. You give Blunt 10. What's the issue? You pass enough so that they can't stack eight in the box. You let Nick Foles be methodical. You let them use Ertz. You let them use Selleck and Burton. You let them hit the slants to guys like Aguilar and Jeffrey. And this thing can keep rolling on. So how do I see the last few games? Well, I look at it this way. I see a win this week against the Giants. Is it going to be the prettiest prettiest thing in, in the world? No. But I here's my fear, right? It's not a pretty win. And all of a sudden people go, oh, it's over. Look how ugly they play. Keep in mind, against the Giants, it's a divisional foe. A lot of things can happen. Game can really go in any direction. But they still should win the game. And they still should win it by double digits. I'll look at this game. I'll probably say, hey, you know, 27-17. Something along those lines. Then you come home on Christmas night. And you get the Oakland Raiders, who are going to be playing for something. And Oakland has been a Jekyll and Hyde team. They've had games like they did against Kansas City earlier in the year. And then they've had games where they have just looked abysmal. And I'm curious what team's going to show up on Christmas, on the East Coast, against a team that with a win, could have home field advantage. Now, I say this meaning that both the Eagles and Minnesota wins this week. 
Minnesota will probably win this week, but don't take the Bengals lightly. They're another weird team that could just show up and want to prove a point and beat Minnesota. Now, both games are at 1 o'clock, which I like because the Eagles won't have any idea of what's going on over there. So maybe home field's wrapped up this week, and then the next two weeks are really just getting Nick Foles reps. My hope is that they, and what I think will happen is they will win this week, then they will win against Oakland and have home field advantage, and the Dallas game won't matter. But with that said, if the Eagles wrap up home field advantage this week, if they wrap it up next week, Nick Foles has to play in every game, even if it's just the first half of the Dallas game. It is my opinion, it is my opinion, that he needs to get as many reps as he can with this offensive line, with these running backs, with these receivers. Very, very important. So the next two games, I think he's got to play full regardless. I think he has to play full regardless. Dallas game, maybe a quarter, maybe a half. I do think the Eagles are only going to win two of the next three one way or the other. I am a little concerned about this week, but I'm not overly concerned because I do think that you are still the better football team as the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. And normally that first game after the injury, I feel like all these guys are going to be amped up wanting to be wanting to do what it takes, and, and I think you're going to get an unbelievable performance from the defense this week. I really do. I think they're going to step up in a huge way, and I think the running game is going to be really good too. I think the running game is going to be really good. So that's why I say 27-17, 30-17 maybe. But listen, Eagles fans, we are a resilient bunch. This team has been a resilient bunch. So I ask that we stay positive. I ask that we get on the Nick Falls bandwagon. I ask that we believe it is not over. I ask that we find it deep down in our soul that we can get over this depression and pull for this team the rest of the way. Because I still think there could be something special here. I still think this team, if they get home field advantage, just like Jamie said, can reach the Super Bowl. Have faith. I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. It's been a great show. This is The Madness, brought to you by TSJSports.com. We'll be back next week to talk about an Eagles victory. Talk about an Eagles first round bye. And talk about a soon-to-be home field advantage. Embrace The Madness, everyone. Have a good week.